Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. My name is Victor, and I'm here with my wonderful wife, Patty. Hey, guys. And we are here in her parents' basement, busting out this podcast. We're, we're in Michigan right now. We did mm-hmm. some travels and some visiting with family, and it's been real nice. Yeah. And we're, we apologize for being a little bit late with this one, but we've just had so much going on. We normally don't travel with the three kids in the way we have uh, recently. So Yeah, it's been better late than never, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> better late than never. Yeah. Real quick, it's come to my attention that some of my relatives actually listen to the podcast. So I want to say hello to Christy, my sister, and her husband, Dan. Hey. It's nice to hear you guys listening. I didn't know. And uh, I'll watch what I say now. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so today's topic is how to create empowering habits that will make 2019 awesome. I know the notion of setting New Year goals has become sort of cliche, but I don't know. I, I personally, it's always worked for me. Yeah, I, always, I like it. Yeah, I always feel, you know, naturally inspired to to work on myself and to to like, go for things and to buckle down on my discipline. And what I've learned in, in amounting certain successes and things I've I've str- strived for is that they really come down to my habits. Because inspiration and motivation are very fleeting and inconsistent and unpredictable. But habits that you can sort of make yourself uh, establish that eventually, like brushing your teeth, run on autopilot, those are the things sustained over time that can help you move mountains and, and manifest big, big dreams. So as a coach, I've always been very keen on making my clients uh, establish habits. And I've read a lot of books on on building habits and I've had a lot of experience with being a personal trainer and working with people with the awakening coaching. So I want to share what I would do with my clients, some of the knowledge I've gained and techniques I've, I've acquired with you guys. So you guys can have, you can kick off the new year with a bang. Sound good? Sounds great. <laughs> okay, so one of the things I wanted to touch on briefly is I found, and I read this from a book called The Power of Habit by a, the author Charles Duhigg, that you need to honor your cravings. What I mean by that, it's like maybe every night you have a glass of wine and you wake up feeling kind of sleepy every day. And you're like, you know, I got I to gotta cut out this wine. So I'm just going to stop drinking the wine. That seems sound. I'm just going to stop. It's causing consequence I don't prefer. But there's probably a deeper reason why you have that wine. And if you ignore that, there's a maybe a natural craving that's not at all bad. Perhaps the, the means at which you go about satisfying the craving with the wine is not ideal. But the craving itself is not bad. And as long as you deny it and suppress it and ignore it, it's just a matter of time before your willpower breaks down. Yeah. You have a rough day at work. The, the kids made a mess of the house. Yeah. And then you got delivered some bad news via some email. It's like the perfect storm and it's just too much for your willpower and then you cave. But if you can sort of acknowledge that, you know what, there are things I gain from the wine that are actually helpful, like escape. Who says we live crazy lives? Sometimes a few minutes of mental uh, mental vacation, it, I think we're all lying if we can if we said that wasn't sometimes good for us. You know? For sure, yeah. Right, and <laughs> relaxation. Maybe the mm-hmm. wine helps you relax. Maybe it kind of just sets the tone for you getting to that like restful vibe for the evening. So that's all fine. Um, so I'll give an example for myself. So me, and my sister Christy knows this. We talked about it recently. Is I have a sweet tooth and that's putting it lightly. I just love, (laughs) I grew up eating pancakes and waffles and I always joke about when I was in junior high, I used to 
my mom would give me two bucks a day for lunch and I would get eight peanut butter Twix bars. Gross. And that was my lunch. <laughs> and oh, and he'd drink a country time lemonade along with the peanut butter Twix. And sometimes a cinnamon roll without oh all that. Oh my God. I know. It's over the kills top. Me. That kills me. I know. It probably would kill me too if I kept <laughs> it up. But there's a part of me that likes to, I really just, I'm a foodie. I really enjoy, I genuinely d- like uh, dazzling my senses with food. Yeah. You know, so if I just, if I just try to go like, be a perfect clean eater i can do it for like a few weeks until i finally break and then i go crazy so i i've had to learn to sort of acknowledge that you know what victor you like desserts so what i've done is i've created a peanut butter meal that i shared with my friend aaron dowdy and now he does it sometimes as well where it's sort of like a healthier more balanced dessert i'll give you the quick recipe it's actually pretty delicious so I do a scoop of protein powder, vanilla. It has to be good tasting protein powder because if it's not, it's going to ruin the whole thing. So yeah, make sure gotta, it's a good, good quality, good tasting. Yeah, it's, it's fine. The recipe is not super important. But anyway, just to get an idea, it's a scoop of protein powder, two tablespoons of peanut butter, and some like healthier little chocolate chips. So mix it with water. Tastes like cake batter. It's got the protein in there. So it, you know, I can eat a decent amount of it and not not want to go crazy if it was just like an ice cream shake or something i could have like 10 of them yeah so i have that after after like my healthier meals for the day i'll have something like that i honor my craving and i bust up the peanut butter meal it satisfies it my my yearning and and then that's that's sustainable for me Mm -hmm. so do you have an example for you love i think you wrote down yeah with the wine yeah i used to crave wine a, a lot um and i used to feel like I don't know, like guilty because Victor doesn't drink very often. So um, I would end up drinking wine alone. And so I started feeling guilty about it. But then eventually I just kind of was like, you know, it's not even that big of a deal if I want to have a glass or two of wine a week because that's about what it equated to, you know. Um, And uh, but and eventually... I actually started eating grapes and um, when I started eating grapes, I was eating tons and tons of grapes because they were in season and they were just so good. I just naturally stopped craving the wine. But um, yeah, yeah, that's an example. Yeah, you craved the wine. I did. Yeah, you could have made yourself stop. But then there's like something not really getting satisfied within you. And you found that the grapes, (laughs) the grapes apparently were enough, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, um, I mean, I still enjoy a good glass of wine, you know, every once in a while, but I don't crave it in the same way. Right. Uh, as I did, I would be like, oh, I, I I, need a glass of wine tonight, you know? Yeah. And you're always better at that. Like me, like she doesn't really do this, but like if it was me in her shoes and I, I, I maybe feel guilty having the wine, even though it's not the biggest deal, we're not judging wine. I, I we had some recently. I love some wine. <laughs> um, I, the, the way I would always operate is I would just try to stop. I'd say I, I, I'd have maybe three glasses of wine in the evening and I'd wake up feeling like crap and say, I'm done. I'm never having wine again. I know. <laughs> yeah. And then like, you know, the, the, there'd be a, an occasion where it would be natural and, and pleasing. Like around like like we just went and visited her friend Tia um, and they got this new house and we were hanging out and we were staying with them and they had wine and the occasion was appropriate. And at first yeah. I went in saying, I'm not going to have any wine. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, damn, it looks like some good stuff. I'm going to have a little, a little bit. Yeah. But that, but my point is that white knuckle sort of I'm done forever mentality never works. And it, that just creates and furthers that 
uh, that uh, pattern of imbalance. So just honoring your cravings is very important. And then simply try to find a, a more suitable relationship with whatever you're using or a replacement that gives you the same effect with, with less consequences. Yeah, and the, I find that the guilt of of um, that comes along with um, sort of resisting uh, a craving, like, oh, I can't have that. That is actually, I feel, worse for your um, men- mentality, men- yeah. you know, mental well-being, I guess, is the best, better way to describe it, than actually ha- saying, I'm I'm okay, I'm going to have a glass of wine or two or, you know, a piece of cake or whatever it is that you right. might crave. And for me, it would actually, that, that mentality of, of extreme resistance would ironically lead to way, way more over-the-top indulgence, indulgence yeah. anyways. Yeah, like, oh, fuck it, I just, I'm just going to have this piece of cake and then maybe some cookies and a... Because I'll yeah. quit forever tomorrow. Yeah, that was my tom- mentality. Yeah, tomorrow I'll, I'll be better. Better. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's one thing to consider. Honor your cravings. Don't deny them. Number two is be aware of your conditioning. So a lot of a lot of our cravings aren't natural. It's just literally conditioned behavior. There's a a little while ago we uh, had a San Pedro ceremony, and for those of you who don't know, briefly, it just expands your consciousness. It's a plant medicine. It makes you much more self-aware, more easy. Where seeing your own patterns it's just much easier more clear and obvious so anyway we came home after the ceremony and i was just i became so aware of just how conditioned i am i have all these different like waves of of like subtle energy like craving that wash over me when i'm in my kitchen or my living room and i was like wow like i had all these i became aware of all these urges to go do certain things not horrible things but it made me realize just how on autopilot i actually am mm-hmm. and it's very important to like um to to really discover like in your own routines like what autopilot like habits do you have that aren't serving you that really there's no real logical necessity for carrying them out and yet you do unconsciously a lot so it could just be a matter of going through the day with your eyes open and just paying attention to your energy state and as one of my favorite channelers says Bashar he says you gotta you gotta like be able to honestly discern passion and excitement and joy from anxiety so maybe I come home and I want the desserts but it's not in that moment it's not really natural it's not really like what I want it's just an anxiety that I've learned I've established the conditioning to cope with with some unhealthy sort of means so being aware of your conditioning is very important and you had mentioned something about like the vaping oh yeah when we lived in San Diego I had a lot of um anxiety and so I used uh like I used to vape uh, marijuana as a way to help with my anxiety and alleviate the anxiety. But I found that I would do it even if I didn't feel anxious. And then I was like, why, why am I doing this? I didn't. And then I'd be like regretting like, Oh damn, I shouldn't have vaped. (laughs) You know, I wish I didn't do that. But then you're stuck in it until, you know, it goes away. But, um, but yeah, I honestly, um, moving to Vegas is really what helped my anxiety. And now I just and that's, use that as a, right. I only use it sometimes, like very infrequently. 
And that's a good point that I'm glad you said that because mm -hmm. a lot of times the best way to sort of break out of those those conditioned behaviors is to change your environment. To yeah. Tony Robbins always talked about it. it's like he'll like he has a lot of like what are perceived as outlandish techniques. Like he swears a lot. He will like insult people. All these wild things he does, but he does it because he's a genius. He's a brilliant at what he does, and he knows he needs to shake people out of their patterns. So you know she was fortunate to move out of state. Not all of us had that luxury right. but what I've done is like one of the things that I used to use to help me break out of my pattern and this is sort of I used in conjunction with the peanut butter meal mm -hmm. again I'd work really hard all day or all morning then I go to the gym and get a good workout in with my buddy Aaron Dowdy check him out he's on YouTube um, and I come home feeling very accomplished where like you know what that's when the craving was setting because I, I feel like I did a lot that day I want to celebrate I want to relax mm -hmm. and the peanut butter meal as I mentioned was a way to sort of curb the the physical craving with the food but but then I would be sitting there, I found myself still like with something missing. Cause I was sitting, sort of immersed in this pattern I created. I'd be on my couch, I'd get sort of sleepy, I'd want the food. So then I started, remember I was like jump roping yeah. in the evening and doing yeah, like yoga yeah, and stuff. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, brought, I just did a randomly different routine. So sometimes you have to really shake up your routine a little bit just to kind of, uh, just to shake up your routine. So it can kind of really help break you out of your conditioning. So yeah. just find a way to do that, that works for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that if we were still like say, living in San Diego, I probably would have found some other way to uh, to deal with that and to release yeah. that conditioning because I was getting to a point where I didn't enjoy it anymore. Right, you're just and it wasn't it. it wasn't helping. Yeah, yeah. It's about it's like it's about choosing your battles. Like like we only have so much willpower. I read we only have so much willpower. Like a finite reservoir of willpower throughout the day. And when you're really just in an environment that is so strongly influencing you because of so many years of conditioning, then your willpower is going to run out very quick. Mm -hmm. So I could shake my routine up, do some yoga, and then that that it takes much, much less willpower to fight off my sweet craving because I don't have that that momentum of the conditioning that I created. Yeah. So just sort of look at your life and see where you can sort of implement this. Number three, this is the one I learned you know, over this last year coaching people is to honor where you're at. I started this online coaching group called the, called the Awakened Life Academy. And what I found, in fact, I'm changing the program dramatically going into 2019 is that they were like, if I had to categorize people, there were like two schools of people in a sense. Some, a lot of people in the group were brand new. They were struggling with the brand new, uh, you know, shock symptoms. of awakening the <laughs> symptoms and they were feeling very imbalanced very exhausted all the physical symptoms the energy symptoms and just like their life was in chaos and then i had a whole other uh, group of people and within the same group essentially <sighs> sorry i had to breathe there and mm -hmm. they were they were like they're they're pretty comfortable they're, they've been away, going through the path for quite many years and they're very comfortable with all the basics they sort of balanced out to an extent but they weren't living their purpose they weren't really they weren't really expressing their truth in the way they knew it was time to do and for those people what's important for them is to like start mastering the earth skills like meditation daily routine start reading learning taking massive action on your dreams but that advice for the first group of people it just made them feel horribly guilty because they just weren't realistically ready to do any of that they were just right. trying to struggle to get through the day and we've been through been there as well mm -hmm. so my point is like earlier in my awakening when i was going through all that stuff the first school was i i was never able to be that consistent with meditation eating 
anything. I was still just being very reactive and mm -hmm. I was doing my best, but it would have been unrealistic to, for me to set certain goals, to try to set certain habits at that time in my life. So you really got to be honest. Where are you at in your life and make your habits improve you, but make them realistic. Yeah. Let's see. You had, did you have anything you wanted to say about that? Yeah. With like when you first had Maya, you had yeah. struggled with a lot of things, <laughs> well, right? Well, my biggest um, challenge is being consistent with my self-care um, and doing things for myself that take care of me first. Um, but when I really, when I first had Maya, I didn't take care of myself other than like um, eating healthy and working out. Um, That's our firstborn child, by the way. Yeah, Maya, she's nine. Um, but anyway, so, so... I was consistent enough with like dieting and working out that I, I was good with like the physical aspect, but my men, my mental, the mental aspect of parenting and, and being a wife and a homemaker was um, really lacking, and I found myself feeling very depressed, um, kind of all of a sudden, and like I was sort of like living like alone like I felt like at some point we were Victor and I were just roommates for a little bit there because I was just doing nothing for myself that that fulfilled me except for taking care of Maya and uh, it if I'm being totally honest I, it probably wasn't until even even to this day I'm not as consistent as I would like to be but uh, until after Sebastian was born that I really was like you know what this is um something that I need to do and Sebastian is three so he just turned three in November so you know this is this is still fairly uh recent in the grand scheme of life but um but now I just say I do what I can I don't I don't um try to make myself feel like oh I'm not doing what I should be doing you know like every as long as everybody's happy and and taken care of then you know, there's more time for me to be able to be like, okay, I can, I can take care of me now. But I'm, um, well, I guess that's the mentality I had before. Now I'm more like, I need 10 minutes to myself. I need, and then I'll be like, babe, you got to take care of them for like 15, 20 minutes or 10 minutes, whatever. And I'm going to go and take some quiet time because I need it, you know? Right. But it, you know, that's, that's recent. <laughs> Yeah, so at the time when you first had Maya, it would have been unrealistic to do all the I didn't, things uh, when, that I was when, doing. No, but I didn't even know that, that I didn't have the belief that it was even possible for me to do that. Uh, because it's kind of like once you have kids, you believe as a mom, like you can't take care of yourself anymore. You have to take care of your, your kids and your husband and that's it. Mm. You know. So I didn't even have the belief that I could take care of myself until recently or whatever later on. Right, right, yeah. So, it, yeah, it's another analogy. It's like uh, my friend Aaron Dowdy. He's, he, you know, he lives by himself. He doesn't have any children. And I was always struggling to keep up with him mm -hmm. because, like, he's he does, like, daily YouTube videos. He posts on Instagram twice a day. And he's, like, a very um, prolific sort of artist in a sense. And I would always, like, yeah, yeah. I'd always feel so psyched up around him. But then when I try to do it, 
I could never do it because I was setting goals that were not really honoring where I was at, which right. is I'm a, I have a wife, I have three young children, and I just don't have as much energy as him. So, right. And I, I would tell you, like, well, he's a single guy, and he, all he has to do is take care of himself and do it. He wants or needs to do and it's that's okay but you can't uh you know hold yourself accountable for right you know you just can't do the the same stuff that he can because you you expel your energy in many other directions that he just does not right right you know and you'd still feel kind of like you, well i should maybe i'll just do this more or do you know yeah yeah but i had to eventually just do as we're saying is honor where i'm at yeah and once i've done that i've been able to set attainable goals that have improved my life rather than this all or nothing sort of mentality and yeah. and that's been a, a game changer for me mm -hmm. and you yeah like right now you don't maybe yeah you probably if you could sit there and do an hour of meditation every morning that'd be awesome but that's not realistic but right. the things you do do are realistic and they've helped you yeah you know yeah for a while what was helping was coloring it was like a meditation but i could yeah. do that with the kids around so they would color with me we'd all have like things that we could color and we would you know just do that together and it was like a way to like um get regain mental mental balance yeah mm. for sure yeah so that's that's all big stuff um i'd say like the but in the past those three things that we wouldn't do would cause us to be very unsuccessful with mm -hmm. habit creation but now that we do those things it's really given us an essential framework to where we've been able to slowly you know incorporate more and more positive habits in our life that really you know revolutionized our existence in all ways right yeah yeah, so now those are the three things I usually would share with my clients to some extent. So they're very important. So now what I want to do is go over something a little bit more specific. So when it comes to setting empowering goals, it's good to kind of look at yourself in like a holistic way. So I wrote down three things, body, mind, and soul. So body, it's like we as human beings, as my trainer Elliot says, we are designed to move. It's like very unnatural and can lead to a lot of imbalance, even psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, if we deny that sort of aspect of our humanness, which is to be to be active. Like, and you could be very creative. Like your mom was. I know. I was just thinking <laughs> about that. She said uh, she walks around her island, like she in her kitchen <laughs> in island. That kitchen. It's, it's a good size island, but she'll walk around it for like ten minutes, a couple times a day. Yeah, she accumulates about thirty minutes of island walking a day. Mm -hmm, yeah. Right. Yeah. And she's doing great. She lost some weight. She seems much very clear, very happy. Yeah, she's she's doing really good. Right. So it could be anything. For me, I go to the gym or I, I work out every day, whether it's the gym. I usually do kundalini yoga each day. Patty goes to the gym every day. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have time for that. But as you can see, if you're a little creative, you can just walk around your kitchen a bunch of times. Yeah, right. You, yeah. You got walk around the kitchen, walk around your backyard or whatever right you know. and it doesn't have to be for vanity reasons oh they just want to look good it's like well no it's like when i work out that's when i get a lot of awesome ideas for content that it puts yeah. me in my creative flow my thinking is very clear i find myself naturally wanting to eat healthy and it just makes my whole day better from just heeding that natural a longing of my physical being and and getting out there and moving in some way, shape, right. or form. Yeah, like when we drive, when because we drove from Vegas to Michigan, but when we when we drive, we'd stop. I was getting gas, and I did like a hundred jumping jacks yeah. just to like get my blood pumping and moving. Because when you're sitting in a car for the, so many hours, you're like, Ugh. right, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. You can do jumping jacks while you're watching TV or whatever. Yeah. It's very difficult to progress in any of these areas when you neglect one of them. Like yeah. if you want to progress spiritually, but you're not moving at all, you're totally sedentary and inactive. Not saying it's impossible because some people are forced to be like that, but it makes it a lot harder. Um, so you want to maybe think about is what could you do to get yourself moving in some way um, in, in the new year? It's a great time to set that intention and get it going. Uh, number two is mind. I wrote down, and I learned this from a guy named Elliot Hulse. He recommended this book, uh, like King, Warrior, Lover, Magician. I don't know the author, but it talks about feeding your inner magician. Those are the four elements um, of like the life or whatever. And he talks about you got to feed your magician. Your magician is just your intellect. So both Patty and I read. That's one of our habits. We just read a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, and it I, keeps my mind sharp. Yeah. Well, I never used to read. Um, so I had to find some things that would um, pique my interest, you know. So right now it's uh, about shamanism and plant medicines, which so I'm always reading books on that. But it could be if you like romance novels, it could be that or, you know, whatever. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's OK. Yeah, there's something I was going to say. I forgot. Um, yeah, it's just like as human beings, I think one of the most depressing things is when we stop growing. Yeah. Like when, like your, like her dad, 71, he was a very successful businessman. He sold his company, I don't know, 10 years ago. and More than that. And anyway, and he, after a little while, after organizing all the books and alphabetical, oh, yeah. putting them in alphabetical order, yes. he said. Yeah, well, he, after he retired, he like went through and like took off all the books in his book on multiple bookshelves, organized them all, dusted, he cleaned up his office, he went and he was going around the house and just doing stuff. And then... He uh, he started like golfing every week, but then he kind of stopped. I think he was just getting bored with that. And yes. so he went back to work, um, you know, years after yeah. he didn't need to anymore. He was retired, but he he needed something that would mentally stimulate him. Right. And now he's got some brand new job and he says he goes to school. For it, yeah, he's know? like selling insurance companies or yeah, something. He's something like, selling insurance doesn't have to do my it. My dad's an engineer and he's selling insurance <laughs> now. So. But it's just something to be stimulated. And but you you don't have to get a job or whatever, new job or whatever. But you just some just reading, stimulating your mind, mm -hmm. so you you have Learning. that feeling of growth, yeah. and that leads to happiness. It reduces depression, and it'll just keep your mind sharp. Yeah, like it could even be gardening. Like you can learn about gardening or taking care of like a plant or something. It can, it can be something as small as as that. It doesn't have to be like going out and getting a brand new job. <laughs> yeah, and it's so powerful. Like there's been so many things in my life that I've just taught myself to do. I taught mm -hmm. myself multiple careers, how to own a gym, how to grow marijuana, how to run a medical marijuana business, how to have an online business. I've and I've I, so I I've developed the the confidence that there's nothing out of my realm. If there's something I want in life, yeah. I can learn how to do it. And it yeah. might take 10 years or a decade, whatever. But anyway, so getting into the habit of learning something new is uh, very game-changing yeah. at many levels. Yeah. And then lastly, I wrote down soul. And this, I wrote down the two words next to it, purpose and joy. Like for me, doing this is part is satisfying my soul mm -hmm. you know patty's learning about shamanism and doing all this kind of stuff that's satisfying her soul now i wrote the word joy next to it because not everyone really is on that purpose path just yet now although you will be don't be patient be patient <laughs> um but in the meantime you can satisfy your soul by doing something that just brings about the the simple feeling of joy 
And this comes from a, a good friend of mine, Ryan Cropper. He's also on YouTube, badass YouTuber. Check him out. Um, and I did a, a video collab with him while I was in Costa Rica recently. And the topic was how to heal your heart and find your life purpose or something. And one of the things he said was so, uh, I've heard multiple people mention to me that that was very helpful, what he said. He said when he found himself kind of depressed and sort of like just not really sure what he wanted to do with his life and he had no idea what his purpose was, he just made the simple decision to start doing things each day or most days that he remembers loving doing as a kid. So for him, he was he just started drawing. He just draw yeah. for hours, and that drawing that that, that that did that put him in a state of joy. That's when you connect with your soul. And if you can do that, then for one, your purpose will usually emerge out of that joy state. But it's also something that if we neglect, if we don't do anything in our life that produces joy, for and it's different for everybody. Obviously, we're not going to be happy. We're not going to have that willpower to to stick with the diet and the exercise or to or to pursue progress in life. We got to really honor our need. Just as we need to move, we need to feel joy. So um, that's, I think, very, a very important habit to implement that has a, a wide range of benefits that, that are seemingly unrelated, but not so much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was one of the things you weren't doing. You were just being a mom. Right, yeah. And you got real depressed about it, right? And not that being a mom doesn't bring joy. It's just not the same kind of... Uh, um, childlike child, inner joy, yeah, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Lastly, did you, you want to touch on that and give an example or anything, Love, about how the, the before and after when you weren't doing that or no? No, I mean, I, I feel like I always talk about it. That's okay. It's okay. But okay, you don't have to. No worries. Okay, um, okay we're going to leave you guys off with this. Another thing I learned out of uh, that book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, he said is super uh, efficient and effective and powerful to create what he calls keystone habits. A keystone habit, briefly, is a habit that has a ripple effect, a positive ripple effect that leads into the natural accomplishment of other positive habits. So, And this can be very simple. So for, for me, it's like if I work out, then I eat healthy, then I, I'm very productive with my work. I, I spend a lot of quality time with the kids. I have more energy. So if I don't work out, it's difficult for me to be disciplined with other things. But when I do work out, I naturally, without even trying, do all this other really beneficial stuff. So that's my keystone habit. But it can be simple. It can be, it can be very simple. A lot of military people I've spoken with, they will they make their bed like perfectly every single morning because they say that sets the tone for the day. They, that's their keystone habit. Mm -hmm. One last one that really helped me a little while ago is uh, getting up really early. I started waking up at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. and that just set the tone. I, I just it just set the tone for all these other healthy habits. So, what would be your keystone habit? Um, well, I I started um, waking up this you, you know years ago. I started waking up early before everyone else. I'd have my coffee and I'd take uh, the dogs for a walk. Mm. And uh, I would listen to my Alan Watts chill step mix. Yep. And I would I would just take the dogs for like I would go like two miles every day, at least. Um, and that was kind of what um, started because I always like was consistent with my working out. Um, so, but that I had to add something you know new to it. So that was one thing that I do did now I try to like do, like you said I try to make the bed every day but I also don't um 
allow myself to feel like bad if I'm not 100% c- consistent. Right. You know, like if I don't make the bed one day, I'm not like, oh, damn. It's all le- ruined. It's ruined. All this hard work is ruined because I didn't make the bed today. You know, I just I just do my best in every day. And if my best was not um, what where I hoped it would be, then I just try to do better the next day. And that's, you know, how I how I live my my routinely life, I guess. Right? Yeah, is yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot there. I'm not sometimes to do a quick recap, but that would involve taking too much time. So I would just say, if you're really serious, go back through and take some notes and just sort of like see how you can work this into your own life. But I'll leave you with one last little tip, and that's this. It's better to, to do like one or two things at a time because it's like uh, it's very difficult if you have the intention of like, Getting up really early, making your bed, doing an hour of, hour yeah. of cardio, and then you want to meditate because you hear that spiritual, and then you got to make time for joy. Like fifteen things, it's just not really practical for most busy that, people actually, to do all that. Yeah, just start with like one thing. Yes. Just take one thing, pick one thing, and then add that. Once that becomes like brushing your teeth every day, you just don't even think about it; it just happens. Then, you know, add number two. And then add number three once all that. That's why, you know, like I don't even consider uh, working out um, something that I do. There's no willpower. You just do it. I just do it every day. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, start small and then work your way up. Yeah. So I think if there's one thing is to acknowledge the psychology of what we discussed earlier in the podcast and then pick a keystone habit for yourself. Um, And there's one thing I wrote down here. Let's see. Like for me, the way just briefly, like that also the habits don't have to be cumulative. What I mean is that I don't always do and implement all of the habits I've created. And I'll give an example. Like I've been sleeping in kind of later this past like several months because I I worked so hard over the last two years to kind of build up my business. And and I I finally got to a point where I, I don't have to wake up super early. I wasn't in that hustle and grind mode. So I stopped waking up so early. So in a sense, I let go of the habit. But now because I once established it, and now that I'm planning out my, my next year of 2019, I got a lot of big goals, big plans. I'm going to start waking up early because it, it'll, it'll be more, it'll be relevant for me. There were times in my life where I would meditate for 45 minutes each day. I don't do that now, but there were times when it was relevant. But because I was consistent for a time, when there is a time in my life where it is relevant, I'll be able to quickly pick up that habit. So don't feel like you got to like have a dozen habits you do every day. Just pick one habit, master it, and then just look at your life and say, what else one, what other one thing could benefit me right now? So just kind of be chill about it. And, and, and it's sort of like the idea is to really master a habit before moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And I I feel like um like I I don't know, I just want to add this. Like don't put so much pressure on yourself to like, you know, be where be at the the end, you know. There enjoy the journey and enjoy like getting excited about your your no, your new habits that you're going to start developing because that's where, you know, when it becomes more um uh like ex- I don't know, exciting. Yeah, I was looking for a better word, but exciting is really all I could come up with at this moment. But yeah, yeah. when you don't define it as a drudge, that's a means to an end. Yes, then you can <laughs> you can experience a joy that's potential there, and then it's much easier to do. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I would have a lot of 
clients I'd work with that like they want to do their purpose. They want to like go full time and, and do this and that. And I'd be like, listen, dude, you're you're just starting out. You're in the apprenticeship phase, mm-hmm. but you can have a kick ass time learning about your craft yeah. you're not ready to be the master of your craft because you just picked it up yeah. three weeks ago but you don't have to like be uh, uh you know unhappy the next three years of your life as you master this because there's a lot of fun learning about your craft yeah as an example yes yeah <laughs> well this is a very broad or complex topic that we could probably continue to go on at length we're gonna cut this off we gotta get to the gym and uh, again, we're, normally me and Patty are, are like clockwork with the podcast. We are sorry. This one was late. We almost, we were really close to being able to pull one off for you right on time. But we just got kind of swept away with all the different holiday obligations. We're seeing multiple families and friends and stuff. So thank you for bearing with us and your patience, yes, my friends. Thank you guys. You guys have an amazing day and an amazing new year. And we'll see you back next week. Yes. All right. Peace out, my friends. Namaste. Namaste.